This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 431, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. I didn't make it Hi, everybody. Welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 431. My name is Paul Montgomery. Joining me, Connor Kilpatrick. Hello, Paul. Hello, Connor. And Josh Flanagan. Hello, Paul. We are iFanboy and we like comics. And every week we read a bunch of comics. One of us picks the best book they read. Call that the Pick of the Week. We talk about it on this year's podcast, along with other books of the week, various other things, doodads. Before we get to the show, quick reminder slash warning. This is a review show. We will be talking about the things that happened this week. And things did happen. Things happened. Uh, we will happen. be talking about them. So if you're worried about spoilers, something you've got to deal with. Uh, but pause the show, come back later, and we'll have some fun. So this week, Mr. Kilpatrick had the pick. Connor, what'd you like? Paul, do you have a toddler? Did you not tell us? Is there something going on? You seem a little tired. It's been a day. Josh, how are you doing? Sharper I'm, this week? Uh, if I am, uh, I don't. I don't know it. Okay, or, so you were, you were a little off opposite. last week. Okay, I, you know what? Maybe this isn't the best place or time to do that. <laughs> um, but I, I accept your. This is a bad time for performance experience. evaluations. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's do, do that. It, let's, no, let's do it now. Let's do it here. <laughs> I got a lot of problems with you people. So this week was one of those um, weeks in comics where a lot of number ones came out. In fact, 60% of the books we're going to talk about this week featured number one issues. Uh, so lots of new things to talk about. But the number one issue was not the pick of the week. The pick of the week was All-Star X-Men 25, uh, which was the monumental 25th issue, which is always funny to have. I got a little panicked in the email when you told us it said All-Star X-Men. and I was like, Oh, did what? it? Oops. Oh, like, it does. It says it in the script, too. Oops. Like, what? Is... Uh, okay. So, <laughs> so this... The, the, the landmark 25th issue, which comes out on the 14th month. So that's really impressive. So, yeah. So um, what I liked about this issue, and this was a special, again, special landmark issue featuring a all-star cast of artists who we'll talk about in a second. But it was uh, basically a little in between this in between the pages, one shot story of the beast having to contemplate what exactly it is. He has really done by bringing these old X-Men to the present. And you really have to sort of put aside the paradox issue of, well, if they are always in the present then they're never in the past, which means we never get to the present. The first, like that's all stuff. You just have to kind of let go in this sort of situation and really just think about, okay, so now you've got these, You've got these young people here, and they're all they're, they're all sixteen years older or, or thereabouts, and uh, you know, and so the person that confronts the piece of these questions we find out at the end is the Watcher, is uh, you know, asks some very interesting things like, well, they don't have Professor X to raise them like they did you know in the the real timeline. So what is that going to mean for someone like Jean Grey, whose powers are going to start getting exponentially stronger, and needed that guiding hand to keep her from going insane and evil? And even then, didn't really didn't really work. What's that going to mean? What's it going to mean for Warren or our Iceman? And I thought that was a really interesting thing to explore because there are issues beyond just the temporal. Maybe maybe of, they're better off without Professor X. <laughs> well, things did not go so well under his tenure. So maybe maybe I but, just I thought that was a really interesting um, mine to mine, little shaft to mine, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, of issues you know what happens to these characters that don't don't aren't raised it's like a nature nurture question right it's mm -hmm. like yeah. they're taken out of their homes 
taken out of their, their families are gone, their mentors gone. How are these kids going to grow up now that they're they're not themselves in their own timeline? I thought that was a really interesting angle to take, coupled with the fantastic all star art, and I thought some really f- sort of fun vignettes, especially towards the end with by these indie creators. Yeah, I, I especially loved the uh, Kitty Pride Colossus story, and the Scott and Jean, uh, the Scott and Logan BFF story was fun. The one pager. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought I Those thought it was my some, favorite bits. Too. Some great stuff in this issue. Yeah, and it's a, and it's it's a neat device to do the bookend with the beast, like and his insomnia. It's it's a it's a neat trick to sort of how do you hide the watcher? You know, right? Like you have someone who is going to be revealed in the end as the watcher, and the only thing you can really do is cheat it. And he's a bald guy, and I was like, is this supposed to be like a ghost of Professor X or something? And then by the end, he turns around, and his head is much bigger, and so there's a little bit of a cheat, a little bit of yeah, I don't a know, bit. like a little bit of a foreshortening or something going on with the perspective, or or yeah. literally his head has to change size. But um, best to to utilize the Watcher now because he's going to be dead shortly. Spoilers. Spoilers for well, we mentioned spoiler, but I guess we're, we we I guess our jurisdiction spoilers. is spoilers for this week, but future spoilers. Yeah. But um, I thought this was great. I loved the two page. I loved the Bruce Tim art. I loved the Scotty Young art. Uh, I loved the you know the I loved the uh, indie art. Who's I can't look at the names because they're in the back the other side of the book. But uh, I thought this was a great looking book also, and I like when they just get to slow down and have a little fun with these characters. I really did love that Kitty Colossus story. That's that's pretty fun because it's it's this huge tragedy, but it's almost it's it's a, it's to the point of absurdity that how many t- how many misconnections they have, right? And then they start getting into things that haven't even happened yet, right? You know, like uh, pregnancy and is it mine? Maybe or it could be Kurt's, <laughs> and then she has a little blue baby with a devil tail, and so that's a little bit telling, and yeah, and then it just keeps on going and. Uh, you know, it's it's good commentary on just just how, especially with X Men comics and especially with those characters, just just how crazy the soap opera element is, and just the footsing with uh, with time. If they ever wanted to put together some sort of primer on the X Men, they could do that little two pager stories like that for every major character relationship, and that'd be fine with me. Yeah. It'd be a great way to do it. Um, At first, I was like, this is kind of all over the place in terms of tone and what are we trying to do here? There's a there's another special issue that we're going to be talking about where we have vignettes, uh, where it is in a sort of anthology format and it does play to a certain tone and certain themes. At least this is linked by themes, I guess. And after a while, they were just so much fun that I, I didn't really mind that you're you're mixing some really heavy stuff with you know, Alex Malieve art and mm-hmm. doing some more like, you know, indie, like, like almost like a uh, web comic kind of sensibility, um, like quick gag stuff. Right. But it's all, it's all thoughtful comedy. Like it's, it, it all, it's not just, Oh, Wolverine's crazy. He's got weird hair. It, it, it all is, a, is making a comment on the, just the wacky history of these characters. Right, and it's fun to look at that and, and evaluate that every once in a while, and remind ourselves that as heavy as everything gets, this is all pretty ridiculous. Yeah, and, it, and this, this entire issue is about history. It's mm-hmm. it's about also there's some great Arthur Adams art in here. Uh, it's about these the history of these characters and what you do when you change that history and what happens to them. And history is a, a through line, sort of, of of along with nature versus nurture of this whole story. And I, I just like I love the art. I love the stories. I love the idea of it. 
Uh, David Marquez did the did the framing device art, and he was great. I like his beast, even though the mm. design is still silly. Um, it's not his but, fault. No, it's it not his fault at all. No, but uh, I thought this was really, really... And everybody has like a completely different take on that beast, too. Just the same as they did with the cat beast before. Which tells me like... that there's a flaw in that design. If that's, if that's the yeah, case. but I also kind of like that now. I've gotten used to it. Like It's easy to be like, you look like this in this issue. You look like this in another issue. I'm kind of cool with... He looks different at all the things. You get to see how the artists do it. I kind of like that. I know that that's the, well. No, I, and I, I get that the only, the only case where that's a problem is where they directly draw attention to the fact that he has gone through this second, third mutation. Yeah, where it's it's important that his appearance has changed. So some some consistency would be helpful. But this is I, I, this is a good take on that design. Which I mean, wh- which one do you like? Do you like the original beast blue. or the cat beast? I like the original. The blue original beast. blue. That I like the, the human beast. Human beast forever. <laughs> I so we, we cover all the basic. I like cat beast. <laughs> well, if, I mean, if I had to choose one of the blue ones, it would be the original Avengers, you know, John yeah. Byrne version. But mm. I prefer him as a human. Um, but uh, this is fun, and I, I guess Josh, you didn't like it. I I, I liked it fine. I, I didn't sort of love it one way or another. I don't know how I felt uh, about the Watcher. I, I don't. I, I don't want to say that that seemed out of character because maybe the Watcher's done something that I didn't read somewhere else. But I was like, that was weird. Why would he do that? Like, is well, the, I wonder if the, it's, if is it's the like Watcher seeing the tie into the things going to happen? Yeah, so. is the Watcher just creepy, like like uh, like Brian Singer's Superman? Is that what it is? Or well, the Watcher it, is just inherently creepy. I think he's, he's always just there big watching. Baby head, and he's and I know, he but it's weird that people. it's weird that like the line and you disgust me, Hank McCoy. I, I I like the Watcher as a non-participant who is objective on most things. Mm-hmm. And if you pull that string too often, I think it loses it loses the interesting thing about that. I mean, the fact is that when the Watcher interviewed or intervened, you know, the one time it was was it was Stan and Jack's. That's what I'm thinking of. Stan and Jack's Fantastic Four, right? He's, he's intervened several times. I know, but like, like the first time they did it, it was a big deal and it made sense. And now it's just these guys keep going off left and right. It's uh, you know, it's less interesting now because that's what they do with them. It. More interesting if they were just there. I love the idea of the like when they they show the watcher just hanging out in the corner, and that's what that's when you go, uh oh, right? You know, the thing that he go in there and tell them, I I have like a strong opinion of you, like he's disgusted. It doesn't make sense to me. I right. suppose. Um, now that being said, it's, it was, it was an interesting issue. Uh, you know, it was kind of cool to look at. I did, I do, there's a problem I have. I really liked the, um, my favorite part was, uh, Wolverine and Jean. Yeah. uh, Life, life Mm -hmm. with them. Uh, they list all the names in the beginning. They don't tell you who does what. They tell you who does what. And I hate, I don't want to flip back and forth. Just, but it's, it's why I was having trouble describing the different story artists because I don't know exactly who each each artist was in each story other than the ones who are really, I know very well, but. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, I don't like I that I was either. very happy to see Dan Hip. I was like, cool. Yeah, that's neat. Um, the little mock-up cover. And there was lots of cool stuff in there. I just wish I knew what was what. It's not even a page guide, which is annoying anyway because you don't want to go mm-hmm. back and forth. But um, that's cool. Good-looking uh, book. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I liked it fine. I, I wouldn't have made it my pick of the week, but, uh, you know, I get it. It's cool. Watcher's think, creepy. I'm glad he's dying. <laughs> I think about halfway through Shudder, number one, I thought this for sure is going to be the pick of the week. 
Um, what happened? Just the second half, I didn't love as much as the first half. Once they went to the present day, I wasn't as quite as into it. You know, Maybe- I've noticed. Uh, I've noticed a through line that is happening in comics now. Uh, that there's a lot of there's a lot of stories that are about dimension hopping. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of yeah. them, and I, it's one of those things like, well, wait, well, so what's this saying about us? You know, like like in the '90s, everything there was all the grim heroes, and they were killing everything, and they say that's because you know the world was the way it was, and now we've got all of these dimension hopping stories. We want to get the fuck out. I guess <laughs> it's really interesting. It's 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 the comic book writers cry for help. Um, well, I, like, I think there's this combination of current physics physics and uh-huh. string theory and yeah. multiverse stuff that people it's been in the news a lot lately that the multiverse is theoretically possible so that's the, there becomes more real yeah. quote unquote realistic but also i mean it's you know this world kind of yeah. sucks on a lot of levels so you got this you've got you've got black science you've got the the other book that we're going to be talking about soon mm-hmm. um just to name a few not even counting the stuff that happens at marvel and dc which is where that sort of de rigueur um right. just i just thought that was interesting that this is a thing we're starting to see it's one of those so shout out number one the new zombies. from Image Comics, Joe Keating and Layla DeLuca, also uh, Owen Guiani and Ed Brisson. Um, and this is another sort of pulp sci-fi story. And it opens great. There's a young girl who's a daughter of a, you know, a fa- famous or family of the latest in the long line of ex- explorers. And I love that whole scene in the house where you saw all the little paint, all the pictures of them doing fantastical things. And, and then, uh, you know, we jump to the present where she is not an explorer. She's a writer and uh, her father's dead. And she's in this crazy, fantastical world where there's minotaurs in the subway and and things like that. But uh, I feel like chimeras, like there's all like animal people. Remind me a little bit like, um, you know, did you Batman? just try to say the word chimera? Chimera, sorry. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, Paul. I, what's I, wrong with you? Okay, listen. First of all, that is an iFanboy tradition. Ron would it do is. that shit all the time, and you're just going to have to take it. <laughs> it's usually the other way around, though. I know. It hurts, doesn't it? It does. So there's chimeras, and it's sort of like, like, like you know, Batman Why Beyond. Why can't I think of any of Ron's malapropisms? <laughs> Ross the auto parts. That was a stroke. It's different. <laughs> anyway, sorry. So, yeah, it's, so it's like, it's like, you know, in Batman Beyond, they had it's sort of the evolution of uh, Bane's venom was... You know, these uh, chimeras basically where it was people who were crossed with different animals and, you know, like bull abilities and like, you know, like a bear, like a part leopard or something. And that's just it's it's expressed matter of factly here. Mm -hmm. And the other cool thing about this is, of course, the art. And a lot of times a lot of times people talk about a book uh, and an art style looking lush and it's sort of overused here. I think that's an apt description of this. It's just it's really lush uh, and lively, and it's almost I don't know what the process is here, but it's it's as vibrant as if they used markers. I like the I like the design of the world a great deal. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought the design of the pages and the the bit is you're sort of looking at uh, their like apartment, their little Royal Tenenbaums uh, sort of set yeah, up with yeah. all their little paintings and, and the, like the way that you know like, like the rocket ship and then their spacesuits and then what New York looks like now. Uh, that was cool. I like that. And that cinematic yeah. way of doing sort of like a credit sequence. Yeah. Because you're, you're jumping yeah. around a bit and you're looking at the wallpaper and head on like in a Wes Anderson movie. And um, it's not Futura. Sim- similar uh, typography. But uh, it's, uh, I, just, I like the, the idea of this family and the exploring stuff was way more interesting to me than in what I in saw the, so far as her as an adult. But in the energy ninjas that show up. 
Yeah. yeah I didn't like that part as much. Um, but I, I do, I did really like it overall, and I'm looking forward to reading more crocodiles in little bellman's costumes chasing them through the tunnels. Seems more fun than than than, than the other stuff. But I, I'm, I'm interested to see where it goes. I thought the art was fantastic. So I this like was, cat clock. Whole, was a great book. Um, I just wish we had spent more time with the other stuff, or the book was about the other stuff because I thought that stuff's more interesting. But I'm, I'm interested in, in I, I like the character, and I'm interested to see where that goes, and, and if we're going to explore some of the backstory with you know with her dad and what you know what happened oh, sure we and everything and, and and all the uh the previous generations and stuff and what exactly why you know maybe the whole story about why she's running away from that sort of mm-hmm. legacy uh it's a good start i thought it was great uh overall it was a, i thought it was a really great book but i just wish it was a little different okay. <laughs> which tells you how good it was i think uh batman eternal number one this is the first issue of the new weekly batman series that is being worked on by a whole bunch of people. Scott Snyder, James Tinney, and the fourth did this issue along and Ray Fox and John Lehman and Tim Seeley are going to be doing the writing. Uh, all these guys together are doing the writing on this series as it's weekly. What this was issue. the last like weekly thing that they did? Uh, Trinity. Trinity. Yes. Is that was, it was 52 countdown, then Trinity and then nobody read Trinity or yeah. Okay. It just Thanks. feels like it's been a while. But then yeah. when I say that, I was like... No, it's been a while. It's been a long time. You yeah, don't even want to know while. how long it's been. Okay. Uh, that's definitely pre-52 stuff, so that's a long time anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah. So Jason Fabuca did the art in this, and to me it just feels like we're already in the middle of this giant story over in the Batman book to start a whole new one with you know, a whole sort of game-changing... At least it looks like game-changing from the very opening where Gotham is all fucked up and Bruce is... Shirtless and maskless and tied to this thing, and it, it just it seems like a lot to have to deal with at the same time. It's like switching the channel over to another show that has the same actors halfway between. I, I no, I, you know what? I I couldn't pin it down. I think I think that's that's got a lot to do with it. I didn't really. I, I expressed my complete ignorance. I didn't know what this was. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. all right, I'm just gonna read this, and I was like, what does this have to do with? And and now, like, it's a whole other story, and. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't want. It's, I don't want infinite Batman stories. It's that, very that have that have the same. I don't want infinite Batman stories that have the same tone as the other Batman stories we already have. Well, How's I that? was okay, and yeah, and I was very excited about this from the preview that we got in the regular Batman series, right. sort of this little intermission, and it was. If you recall, Josh, remember that that was the issue in the middle of the Riddler story where we're in the future and Catwoman's a crime boss and spoilers yeah. back. And that's yeah. that was the prelude to this story. Right. And that was an interesting world. And I did like that. But it just felt like it really they, it seemed they like waited until yeah, to have cleared that. Yeah. And it's it's very it, it just seemed like like a swashbuckling Batman story, which is something a little bit different you know, than what they've been doing in any of the other Batman books. And I think they've been focusing more on I, the crime stuff and, and this the mythology of Zero Year. And then I open to the first page and Gotham is entirely on fire and <laughs> it's in this really grim and gritty art style. And Bruce is tied to, he's shackled to the bat signal, it looks like. Oh, yeah, you're right. It is the bat signal. And, and, with, the bats, know, and with the bat logo cut into his chest. It's just... It's it's. I will take your analogy a little further, Josh, and say it's switching the channel to another movie with the same cast. It's a very similar plot line. It's. I mean, to and me, it, that I mean, was this is heavy in yeah, Jim well, yeah, Gordon, like, just was, like Zero Year. It's a. It's a. It's apparently a big Jim Gordon story. So and the, the city's all fucked up, just like it is in Zero Year. And yeah, it it, just. I didn't realize that it was a new thing because it was so similar to the other thing that was happening. I was like, did I miss an issue? Right. Of of Zero Year. Um. 
because it's the same names. It's it's Scott Snyder at the top. Like, yeah. If I if I want a different Batman story, I want it to be this is Paul Pope's take on. It. If you're gonna do a little Batman event on, I want Paul Pope's take on it, or I want you know just a different thing. When okay. I want I want to see the Darwin Cook Batman story, and I'm I'm sure th- there's nothing wrong with this. I'm not. So do you like, mean it? It has to. It should be someone other than the current crop of Batman creators, like that. No, stable, not necessarily, but it should just, look and feel it different. Should look and feel different. different. Okay. Differentiate itself both on the market and and you know. I'm not, you know, maybe I sh- should I be better informed? Is that my responsibility? I, I guess, but you know, I just uh, better informed to what it to what to it. what it was. I guess uh, I just thought I was like, oh, we're just continuing the story, and I'd forgotten about the other thing because those stories all came out three months ago, and I don't remember what happened three months ago. Um, well, I mean, it it doesn't take that long to get acclimated to the yeah, issue, but then no. so then you can look at it objectively and say whether you like it or not. So yeah, yeah. I I don't. It's just a, I think it's just a weird choice. Uh, to do at the same time that the other thing is going on. I think that was my biggest problem with it. Other than, you know, it's just, it was okay. In terms of content, it was all right. I would say that the art was a big barrier to entry for me because like opening it up and especially, I mean, it's a really striking image and it's not, and I was thinking about it, it's not that even if there was, maybe even if there was a different artist, I mean, that's such a heavy, you know, image. I'm not a big Fabook fan and I wasn't when he was doing Detective and, He's very. He's in the David Finch school. And he doesn't have the flair that David Finch has, but uh, you know, to, with shadow and and stuff. But it's it just, a, it's a weekly thing. I hope that it maybe course corrects. I'm going to try out some more issues and see if it gets to that place that I liked. You know, with spoiler in that 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 Batman issue. Yeah, um, I just I just want. It just seems like a very different. Like, what is this? This this Gotham Gotham City Police Department seems very different than the one in the other books. Like very overtly corrupt. I don't know. It's so weird. Is this like an is this an Elseworld story? No, this is the, this is in the future. Some point they're just they're just switching the yeah. I mean, I mean this that this is a thing that has been going on with the New Fifty Two the whole time is that we're constantly jumping around, and so there's none of the there's none of the continuity. And I don't use that word in the strictest sense, I suppose. But like, I don't know when anything is or where it falls on a map, at least to the See, same I extent I that I, I used to. I don't need that at all. I just felt like it was so similar that was the problem. Yeah, yeah. If it had been I, really just, different, I wouldn't have had a problem with it. But. I'm just talking my way through it, trying to figure it out, I guess. But um, you've come around on continuity. You, 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 you have that complaint more and more these days. I, but I think I understand what Josh is getting. It's not just that we don't know where it's it's set. It's just that everything feels like a new epoch. Yeah, I don't have context for what's going on. I suppose, like I said, I thought I was in the other world that we were going. Like, and I, I didn't have enough context to to show me that I was doing a different thing. And I don't know why we're doing it. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the purpose is of. of like we haven't finished exploring what we're doing with these characters by these people in the place that they're doing it over there. So why are you starting a new one over here? Mm-hmm. I will say I really liked the sequence where in the beginning where he jumps through the window in the armor suit and hits and tackles the plane. I thought I thought that was very cinematic. I there are that. weaponized pigs in this, and that's great. I like him standing outside of the big armor suit. I could I could go for more armor suit, Batman. Yeah, that, well, that was fun. pretty. I mean, that was cool, but and I just, but oh, look at just, that! Like here's the thing: I was looking at Gordon, and I. I he's the guy like I didn't have context for. It. I was like, well, which Gordon am I looking at? Is this old Gordon or is it young? He's got red hair, and I I like he I is, can't remember. All whatever. Gordons have red hair. Now. All Gordons, yeah, it's the new right. Yeah, thing. so yeah, and that that's me. There's just too many comics in my past, and I can't I can't root it. So I know where I'm coming from. I suppose sometimes, and it's it's probably more my problem than anything else. But so, so. 
uh, I, I really thought coming into this week, Flash Gordon, number one, would be a contender for pick of the week. It's from Dynamite Comics, written by Jeff Parker, um, drawn by Doc Shainer, colors by Jordy Belair, and I just thought this was very average. I, was I really liked it a lot. I'm surprised it wasn't pick of the week. Yeah, yeah. me too. <laughs> I thought this was very average. It was one of my most disappointing reads of the week. Huh. The, like, I think the problem is what you just mentioned. There was no hook into it. Mm-hmm. I had no sense of any of these characters. And I don't mind you dropping to the middle of a story, but I should know something about some, some about them through the course of the story, and I don't. Um, you know, well, I, I thought I, they did a good job of introducing what kind of people those characters were in the you know what was the pro the, like the prologue section it's like a year ago or something and then yeah and then today when when we go into the ship and we're you know jumping through multiple multiple realities and stuff and you you get to you get to see you know just the kind of daredevil that flash gordon is and the you know, devil may care kind of attitude and you know it's yeah. uh, What's funny is that I don't rem- I don't remember I don't know anything about Flash Gordon. Like I remember when I was a kid, but I have not looked at it or thought about it since then. So like I know the words, I know the words Ming the Merciless, I know the words uh, Dale Arden, but I don't I don't know what it is anymore. So for me, this is totally fresh. And I at the beginning they give you give your your uh, your character archetypes. You get that. You get that the the Doctor guy is uh, is what's her name from Indiana Jones. Uh, Marion Yeah. Yeah. There were a lot of familiar things. Um I dug here's why I dug it though. Um I thought it looked fantastic just just straight off the bat. I was I really, really just liked the look of it. You know, oh yeah. Jordy Belair colors and, and Doc Shaner, who I like, but I thought he really I, I think this was I think this is a lot better than uh what I've seen from him in the past. Have you did you did you read his adventures of Yeah, yeah that, that was I way think, better I thought Superman art. Was, really? See, I like I thought this yeah. was a lot stronger than that. I yeah. mean, I I loved both, but I thought this was great. In terms of sort of like building these big alien worlds and the the world with the giant trees and that spread, I thought that was really cool. Um I, I you know, I figured I I I kind of felt the opposite that you did, Connor. I, yeah, I was I, like are you are you joking or No, I'm serious. It just No, it's that's cool. And I, I really That's fine. I like, it's just it, but it's I I thought it was so strikingly good looking like you yeah and I I love the circular panels um there's just you know great layouts in here and it's it's that fun thing where you know we've got this swashbuckling character that that travels through dimensions and let's just make it this relentless chase and you're going you're hopping through different yeah. worlds and then we get to this uh, arborea planet which is this giant forest and. You've got they're being chased by this giant larva thing, and they come out of this tree cave, and that's the problem. And then all of a sudden, it's like out of the frying pan into the fire. These blue archers in the opposite tree just shoot a bunch of arrows into it. That's dead. But now this is the problem, and it's it's a I, little bit like I don't know the the Hobbit or Lord of the Rings in that way. You're going from one one thing into the into the next you know exploit. And, I think I thought from an illustration standpoint, if you look at the comic book storytelling. From the trees, they when they fly into those huge trees and that big spread, and then sort of the the way that they illustrate them crashing into the branches to the angles chosen falling out, and then him flipping all over the branches and things like that. I was I was super impressed by the by the storytelling too, and I also really I like I like how uh, Jeff Parker writes dialogue and character interactions. It's just a uh, it's a thing I I like. Yeah, this was um, this is a real feel good comic for me and. Uh, I thought it was smartly written, and there's there was a lot 
for me to latch onto here, honestly. I, uh, I, I would also like to just say I really love uh, Gabriel Hartman's cover. Yeah, it's a good cover. Like a, a hell of a lot. I, I do. I, I don't, I don't think it, I don't think it takes anything away from the interiors or anything like that. But uh, so when it came, when it came down to it, the second choice or pick was Daredevil number one point five zero. Don't dumb name aside. Uh, this was completely unexpected in that I didn't even know this was coming out. Yeah. Um, wasn't necessarily even going to read it until I read the description of it and then thought, okay, I should probably check it out since it is related to this to the main story. This was a uh, flash forward issue to the time when uh, Matt Murdock is 50 years old, although he doesn't look it in the book. Not really, no. <laughs> um, oh, he's healthy. And so we get to see him in the future, what his life has become. And it's, it is written by Mark Wade. Uh, it, it does tie very heavily into supposedly what is going to happen in the upcoming book. Although, you know, anything <laughs> could happen. So if Matt is if Matt is 50 years old, how come Foggy's 25? Right. There was some art problems. There was there was a sense. few art problems in that sense. In that, I mean, clearly a, clearly Foggy is character post- design problems. I thought the art was yes. fine. I agree. Well, the art the art in that it doesn't convey their age properly, which is an art problem. Yeah. Um, it, you know, clearly Foggy's taken up a health kick after the cancer, which makes sense. So he is thinner and in, in better shape, but he doesn't he doesn't look like he's fifty years old even even with, with that. Right. But, at first, I thought it was like, oh, is it like Foggy Junior or something? Like, right? <laughs> doesn't it's yeah. Um, but uh, so we find out that. Matt has a son. Matt's powers are going to get more intense the older he gets, so he kind of sees... You can see color. Color and shape much clearer now. Um, he's given up being Daredevil after after his son was born, and his son has also got the power, but is terrified by it, so he basically never wants to leave the house or talk to or touch anybody, I, which was, I, I thought was interesting. I, I really, really liked the characterization of the kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I liked... And maybe this is a this is a dad thing or something like that. I like that the kid is scared of a thing, and Matt doesn't want him to be scared of that. But you can't make him not be scared of it. Right. It's a tightrope. He's trying to he's trying to help him, but he's, he doesn't want to push him. Yeah. No. I mean, and like I've lived that. Like that's that's I was I thought that was done really really well. And um, I don't even think Mark Wade has kids, so I thought that was pretty uh, adept uh, as as a thing. Um, mm-hmm. And I like I I you know I didn't know what this was, and I actually when you started talking about it, I go. Shit, I think I forgot to read that. And then I looked and said, oh, no, I did read it. I, I, I did read it. Um, I didn't read the whole thing. I read the main story, and then I started reading the prose stuff, and I was like, I, I don't have the attention span for this. But um, Well, that's uh, where the issue sort of falls apart a little bit was, uh, and the, there's an intro in the beginning from the editor explaining what the book is. And uh, so the first story is, is, again, Mark Wade related to the series. The second story is a Bendis and Malieve story, and the, art, the editor basically says, eh, Wherever this falls into your own continuity, that's fine. Yeah, like clearly doesn't. It's just, just it's a weird story again about about uh, Matt Murdock getting married to a woman he saves from a bank robbery, and only to have her murdered by Bullseye, uh, which is much more in the vein of the tone of Bendis's book, and uh, but doesn't fit anywhere, which is fine. It's just a story. And then the last one was a Carl Kessel flashback to this Gene Colan era, which I was all right, but uh, the, for me the there were a lot of issues that did like these backup things from Marvel this this month. There's only a couple. I don't know. But uh, so if you, if if Mark Wade's flash forward tales to be believed, Daredevil's never going to leave San Francisco. He's going to become become the mayor of San Francisco, and uh, and then we'll all be wearing the internet on our eyeballs. I'd say it's it's well worth it for that opening story, and yeah, especially if you're reading the main book right now. Yeah, yeah. and then if, if if nothing else, the art is great on on the other two. Um, I wouldn't also take it as gospel that this is what. No, it's just, just fun. 
Yeah, well, I mean, here's, here's a good plans. example. This is me not being hung up on continuity, but I have context for what it is. So that right. helped, I suppose. Yeah. It's, you know, I don't care if this is the real thing or whatever. It was an interesting story, and I knew where I stood with it. I knew where it was and what was going on. I mean, clearly he's going to have Daredevil become the mayor very soon. Uh, but uh, other than that, you know, I'm pretty sure Daredevil's going to end up back in New York eventually. Why does, why does, why does Daredevil have stirrups? Or Matt Murdock does. Look at page... Why, why don't you... Page four of the um, of the, I guess it's because the future and that's what clothes will look like. Like men will have stirrups on their pants. Oh, like like the kind of spats. Yeah. Oh, oh, I didn't even notice that. Isn't that weird? It's like uh, it's like her. Why would yeah. you have pants like that? You wouldn't be able to take your shoes off. It's like w- weird fashion. We don't quite understand. But, but yet. foggy, foggy looks like a like a hipster from the nineties. <laughs> like in his <laughs> bowling shirt with a dog bone on it. Like it doesn't. There's a there's a problem here. <laughs> yeah, maybe the '90s are back in style in 50 years. Yeah. Oh, I mean that's. I think that already happened, didn't it? I really like the kids' bedroom with the with the costumes framed and the I'm not Daredevil T-shirt. Yeah, it was a nice touch. I mean, overall, uh, like we're, we're nitpicking, but I actually really enjoyed this. It was a fun story, really fun story. Mm-hmm. So uh, head head over to ifanboy.com slash Amazon if you want to help the show. That's where you can make all your Amazon purchases. Um, maybe even more with the news from this week and. We get a piece of that action. A little bit of the sale goes to us. It doesn't hurt you. It doesn't take any money out of your pocket. It takes some money out of Amazon's giant pockets and puts it in ours and helps us run the show, buy equipment. We've been talking before the show actually about upgrading something that we need to upgrade and that will cost some money. So that's the kind of thing that helps us do all those things and keep the show coming to you every week. So we appreciate that. And also, if you go to ifm.com slash registration, that's where you can help the show directly by becoming a member $3 a month or $30 a year or by just donating any amount you wish if you're crazy – Billionaire, you want to donate donate a million dollars? We're not going to say no to that. I would probably say if you have a billion, you should give more. You know Although, really cool? I also wouldn't say dollars. that you're a crazy billionaire. That's, I, I, I'd also like to you kind of have to be to do that. I would, mm, I would think. But no, maybe you just so have you're really lovely. Good taste. You see some, you see some guys who've been working real hard for a long time, and they maybe deserve a little piece of it. Although, let us know ahead of time because there's probably some tax implications we need to work out ahead of time before you. you know, whatever. What you know? If we're talking about these kind of dollars, we'll take care of it. It's fine. <laughs> so, Don't worry about it. So we much. Will, that will work itself out. Yeah. Ifanboy.com slash registration is where all that happens. So thank Carol you. Carol just gave a thumbs up. Nickels. <laughs> if you want to donate nickels, we're going to give you Josh's address. Because he's got please the most square footage. Don't, don't give anyone my address. But <laughs> 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 I have a family. <laughs> um, all new Ultimates, number one. It's funny because I was really positive about this week of comics, reading them. But now that I'm on the show, I feel like I'm being the negative Nancy. But I, I don't mean to be. But I thought this was also just kind of... I didn't finish this. I started reading and I was like, oh, this isn't Bendis. I don't think I'm interested in reading anybody else. That's exactly how I felt. I and, like, and, I, and I gave it a little, I gave it a little while. You know, what? I read the maybe, whole thing. maybe I'm just being, and, and I started, I was like, it doesn't sound right. And I, I yeah. don't care about these characters otherwise. So, you know, yeah. what's, uh, what's, what's Savage Dragon doing in this book? <laughs> it's, a, it's a green guy with a fin on his head. It, it was weird, Josh. And you, you basically nailed it. It didn't sound, like the characters, it didn't have the snappiness of the characters. Yeah, and and it's not like I love those characters so much that I'll read them whenever they exist. I read them because I like the way that Bendis writes them, and that's cool. Yeah. Um. So you know, there you go. Yeah. Uh. How do I? Okay. Invincible one ten. Very carefully. Yeah. Did you read it? I know what happened. Okay. Yeah, I do um, too. Okay, good. Invincible gets raped. Yes. In this book. And I don't know how I feel about it, but it certainly stood out. Well, I think so. I mean, and it was like a, 
it was like a long scene. And I thought, and I just thought, is this is incredibly brave or incredibly dumb? I mean, I don't know which it is. So he, he gets dumped and then he gets yeah. attacked. Which, which I completely forgot about the dumping in the, you know, after what happened. He probably did too. Yeah, that's a good point. I, 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 I'm like, I've definitely got a big banner in my head right now going, is this okay? I don't, I don't know if this is okay. Uh, and that certainly makes it sort of interesting. Well, I think what will be the, the test will be how it goes from here, what the story it does. With yeah, it. yeah. Um, I mean, it's always a, it's, it's the rape is the comic the bell book. can't unring in, in a story in a in a story about a character in a long running story about a character. You can't rape, unring that bell. Rape is the anyone. comic book third wire, kind of in a way, as it is in politics, and it seems like. It's possible to do it well, but it's been done so many times now that whenever anybody touches it, it's it's it brings us ruin. Well, I think I I saw the the pages in question yeah. in, a, in an interview, and um, they're clearly not taking it lightly. No, and I don't, it's important I don't think that so. it's like it's very uncomfortable to read, and they said it, it was is. very uncomfortable to to write it. And we we used to well all sorts of things. Ugh, I don't I don't even want to touch it, but. Uh, we we used to say that this book was like like oh if you really like that's old Spider Man kind of style this is this is what you should read and it's really it's really gotten quite far away from that I've been reading it all along and it was sort of a natural progression so I don't think I noticed it but this sort of goes this probably isn't the same book that we originally sort of thought it was well I think it is in a way that it's just the story's got more intense it's almost yeah. like the same arc as Harry Potter yeah and that the point. story's got more adult and more dark as the, the story went along and then it's I mean I I'm still reading in trade and so I read it in chunks and. I went back and leaped through some of the old ones. Uh, you know, the and then there's the idea that the Viltrumites are are a different culture. You know, right. they're kind of horrible people all around. It's like it's like judging ourselves by what the Mongols thought was a good idea. Right. You know, and and, and comparing ourselves on that because it's it's impossible to do that. Um, but uh, you know, it's interesting. It can also be swept under the rug and people forget. I mean, I don't think people a lot of people remember that Nightwing was raped about ten years ago in his book. Really? No one, no I only know that because it was mentioned in that interview. Yeah. People forgot about that completely. And an apparent uh, Green Arrow as well. I don't remember that one, but I definitely remember the Nightwing one. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Although with a book like The Invincible, it's hard, hard to, you know, it's not like a new creative team can come in and say, you know what, let's forget about all that. Yeah. That. No, I, I think the point is that it's it, it could be something that w- would be like shock for shock's sake, uh, Mark Millerism kind of thing, but... It's it, it seems like he has a, a plan there and something that he wants to wants to say with it. Yeah. So for all his uh, writing, I don't I don't think Kirkman does that kind of thing. I mean, no. Yeah. He does a lot of shocking things, but there's almost always a reason for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, or at least an attempt at it. I don't. I don't. Yeah. You know, I don't know if it was a good decision yet. I'm not going to call it a bad one. It's it's certainly uh, something I didn't expect to happen, and and uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to see what happens. Well, I mean, uh, that's uh, with. You know, with The Walking Dead, that's not just like a you know a lot of zombie flicks and zombie stories. Or it's just about the gore. That's a survival story. Yeah. It's more a survival story than it is a zombie story. So that you know, maybe that's what that's the game plan with this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Star Wars sixteen. Have you guys still been reading this? Was we near the end of the run on it? May have dropped off. I'm I'm just reading Star Wars Legacy. Is okay, there so a reason to read it? Well, in this this particular arc i haven't really liked i think this is the third issue of the arc i gotta, uh, I gotta say this whole thing crested with the crazy uh engineer yes. on the asteroid well and after my, that my point is that uh, this issue i think it starts to turn the arc around but the storyline has been basically that in order to secure 
the use of a plant of a strategic planet as their base and their their clout and their money and to help the rebellion leia has to marry the prince of the you know the ruling class of the planet and so they go there they've she's basically engaged to this guy and they've set up their base and they're integrating their armies and wedge is trying to you know he's trying to teach their pilots and luke is off doing doing stuff with Wedge doesn't uh, try wedge doesn't well because they're being a problem it's not wedge's problem i would never say wedge is a bad teacher obviously he's a fine teacher it's that the soldiers are are very problematic and luke is off on a mission with some mountaineer soldiers and it's basically setting it all up to take a really dark twist where it's all bad for them. You know, where the, it turns out that these, these people are not looking to help as much as we thought they were. I will not and, stand uh, by and watch the good man's name be besmirched. He's but the, the problem sorry. The problem has been so far has been, up until this point, it's been kind of, I don't want to say soap opery because it all is soap opery, but like when Luke yeah. found out they was engaged, he started sulking way worse than when he wanted to get the motivators at Tashi Station. And he started doing badly in his job. Yeah. I think I think that if you're writing a story about this version of Luke Skywalker and you're going to make him whine, I think that's a play ball situation. It's just it was like <laughs> right enough, man. Like he got really he turned that angst level up to eleven, and well, if, he had, not, if there had been I, a can on him, he would have kicked it. And I'm gonna say that I'm gonna I'm gonna say that's in character. Yeah, Luke whining ba- is, is is fair play. The other problem is the art has been. A, in this particular arc, they've been switching artists off all the time, and and uh, his Han Solo and Luke Skywalker are really problematic. From from issue to issue, or just, just sequences within the issue. I'm not even I'm not even talking about looking like the uh, the actors, just looking like that general character model of of Luke and Han. Like you, there's a, there's a way they can they can look without looking like Harrison sure. Ford and, mm-hmm. and uh, Mark Hamill. But I mean, if you can see these pages, the the Han especially is just I don't even know who this is supposed to be. It looks sometimes it looks like Christopher Lambert and uh, from Highlander, it's just weird. Yeah, I was gonna say what era, Christopher Lambert. <laughs> but uh, I, thought, I thought it was Lambert. He's French. Can we do it. Okay. He's from France. So are the Coneheads. What's the problem? So, so, uh, so it's weird. So Iron Fist, the Living Weapon, number one. This is one that uh, that I'd been excited about. I like, you know, in in theory, I like Iron Fist, and there's you know that one Brubaker fraction run that everybody sort of points to. Um, but other than that, you know, where's the definitive Iron Fist run? I guess that's it. Um, not this one, is it? On, it's, that's, that's uh, what I'm yeah, see, um, what so happened just, on the show? Why are we so negative this week? This is, <laughs> this is Kara Andrews. I like the art quite a bit. Problem. I wish, uh, he had a little bit more confidence not to fill up the page with words. Mm, um, he's writing and drawing it. I believe he's writing it and drawing it. And, uh, it's, Seeing the preview pages, the unlettered preview pages, I was very excited, and I thought that there was interesting storytelling there, and like it looked—I don't know—it it looked like manga in sections, like it looked like Akira, the way he drew uh, helicopters and stuff, and like a you know a dude in like a big cloak riding on outside the helicopter, and um, I think that's that's forthcoming. But um, there's there's these great pages, and I looked and and looking at them, and then going back over it again. I was like, you could, there's a page where it's, you know, he he and his parents climbing up, you know, to Kunlun and, you know, that there being this avalanche and it's this great visual storytelling on the page and you can, you you know, you get these close-ups of, you know, a, a, a panicked face of, you know, fingers slipping off the ledge and it's just crowded up with all these caption boxes 
and it doesn't need it. I mean, you, and it's, I, I thought that was sort of surprising from, you know, this being a writer artist that, you know, you'd be a little bit more confident in the, in the visual aspect of it. And, you know, the, the pages look great, but I just, it's just a lot of monologuing um, to the point that we, we don't really cover that much ground in this first issue. Um, there's a great sequence where we're looking at three portrait panels side by side and it's he's going through the motions of a date and he's brushing his teeth and there's no expression on his face and he's in his clothes and he's out of his clothes and the the figure itself doesn't move and uh, even though what's happening to him uh, sexy things are very exciting theoretically the whole idea is that he's apathetic about everything and just leave that alone. You don't have to add, you know, all this stuff. And especially since we're rehashing, you know, the origin of the Iron Fist and, and what it's all about. And uh, maybe it suffers from comparison to that other, that other run, which was, which was really strong, especially from the beginning. And uh, I don't know. So I want to, I was, I was going to talk about Astro City. Now I don't know if I should. <laughs> so I'm gonna oh, start. Just do it. I'm gonna no. I'm gonna preface by this. I thought it was a really excellent issue of Astro City. I thought it was really well done. It's. Uh, I thought it was Astrocity. I, I I watched. I I. <laughs> Astro City. I, I do. I got done with it. And I thought God, Kurt Busiek is so good. He's so good at sort of just building all this stuff, swirling around, and 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 coming up with character after character and situation after switch situation that all fits within this framework, and it's great. But my question is: Is this what this is now? Is this going to be like? Here's the story of the of the side person who works among all these people staring up at giants. Is that what all of it is going to be from now on? Because has it all been that? No, I feels like it. I maybe I know that there was the there was the woman who worked for. I guess it hasn't been. You know. There was. I just feel like there's been a bunch of those stories. Like there'll be the the superhero story, and then there'll be the the assistant story, or like the woman who worked for the. Well, that, the I mean, that's kind of what I love about it, right? I mean, yeah, kinda... I guess I guess it's okay. I think I'm. I think I I might be wrong about it. In that I just, um, I just feel like there's been a lot of these stories, and maybe that's because uh, there weren't before, and he's just gone after back years of those long, intricate ones involving it's the good heroes. It's a good point. It's kind of a resetting of the of the world. I you know I mean all that being said like I thought this was a super strong issue that set up a, a sort of really interesting uh, idea of a person who works for a really busy person because I've worked for a really busy person and I thought they did a really good job with that. Um, it reminds me a little bit of um, that first issue um, with the yes. Samaritan uh, and where he you know mm -hmm. was just constant going and going and going. If you've so ever been an assistant for anybody, this is this, you'll see a lot in this issue. You'll recognize. Yeah. Um, this was basically the assistant to Doctor Strange in this world. Yeah, uh, how busy she is. But with a lady. But did you did you, did either of you follow the link to the letters page on his website? No, no. I always like reading the letter because he only picks one of the month, and it's always a fun. He's he's and Busick's really good at you know the back and forth. But this letter was so long that he either put it. As, I guess they're all on his website, but this one he just directed you to the answer on his website. He couldn't even fit the whole letter on his website. The whole letter uh -huh. was like a treatise on it and uh, plus and so then of course his answer is super long and I was just like this is going to take me all morning was it a good letter or yeah uh, you know what i i see a letter from somebody that's more than three paragraphs and i'm probably going to tune out before i get started it, it was just interesting that, that i like that somebody cares that much but yes it was long 
Have at it. A lot of suggestions. Those are the books of the week, and I'm sorry. I, I thought not, that I, I, th- I thought we were really thoughtful. I think we I think we were. I think we were fair. You know, every once in a while this this happens, and it's not our fault. There was that weird situation where two of us were right about Flash Gordon <laughs> and the other one. Listen, don't Josh was let's just 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 mention Josh isn't by name. It's fine. Okay. That doesn't make that doesn't make exactly. sense because I doesn't agree make with any Josh. sense. Let's move on. Um, you read an so, alternate reality edition of Flash. Those were the books of the week, and we're sorry. I swear I had fun reading comics this week. I don't know what I did what too. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I apologize. So if you want to talk about any books we didn't talk about, please go to fanboy.com and find the comment section for the show, and uh, we can do it there. In the meantime, we're going to do an audience question. This one's from James from Delaware. This one's not as long as the one that Kerbusic got, so thankfully. James says... I grew up reading comics from the, with, with the art from the likes of Jack Kirby, John Bushima, John Byrne, George Perez, etc. The question is, would any of these guys get jobs in today's comic market if they were all just starting out or were their styles a sign of the times? And if you had a choice, which current series would you like to see them draw? Uh, P.S. I know Kirby and Bushima have died out, but for the sake of argument, let's say they did. <laughs> that's, that's really that's hard. very helpful to... P.S., James. It's hard to answer. Uh, it's hard. It's hard to answer almost because at least the the art today is built upon the backs of all these styles. Yeah, but. it's like you're. It's like saying would would uh, all in the family get in the air today, and it wouldn't. But nothing that came after it would have gotten on if that hadn't existed. So yeah, it's a weird. You know, I, all right. You know what? Let, let's 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 take it back. Let's play the game. Let's play the game. Play, play the game. game. Play the game. Uh, you know what? I think the person who would be most oddly enough, I think the person who would be most in trouble would be Jack Kirby. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Uh, I think that he's very um, a lot of a lot of fans style. now don't even understand why he why he's exactly. So and so I he... can even claim to be you know I was I was part of that for for uh, you know a certain point and uh, you know he he's very as long as impressionistic. I mean it's not it's not uh, anatomically correct. He's... Or would he come in you know with his portfolio and be like, wow, this guy looks exactly like Diesel Greenblatt. Who is yeah. that reality's version of Jack Kirby? Yeah, but he, and it, well, he he would, and there would be people. There would be people who love him, but they artists would be, artists would love him. But exactly, like would he would be like like Bill Sienkiewicz or something like that, maybe, yeah. uh, or you know, just somebody like like a like a favorite, uh, like a cult favorite, but probably not a huge success. Busima, uh, you know, pretty straight up standard style. I think people would really like that. It looked just like that. How to draw a comics book? I um, think he. I think he would fall into that. Vein that a lot of people put like uh, Darwin Cook and people like that into, oh. you know, sort of a old school style. Mm-hmm. And I think that you, they'd have their fans, but for the most part, in terms, of, you know, you wouldn't be Batman Eternal fans wouldn't be wouldn't be it's, digging it's, that. It's really weird to go back and like, how would Jack Kirby do? Is like, well, he invented the style, so <laughs> like, I don't know. That's like, how would the Beatles do today? I, I don't know. They. they I think I think John Byrne could get a job at IDW. I think John Byrne. <laughs> I think John Byrne could get work. I think his I, depending on what John Byrne we're talking about. Are we talking about John Byrne, uh, uh, Terry Austin, eighties, eighties and prior? Absolutely. That that stuff is. I think that stuff is timeless and fantastic. Um, I think well, uh, for George sure, all, Perez, the, all of this stuff is timeless and fantastic. I guess but. it it has to be in their prime because some of the guys are dead, so it can't be <laughs> how they are now. <laughs> well, no, I just there there are there are several John. There, Burr there, there are different eras of John. Oh Burr, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Uh, George Perez, same way. Um, strongest George Perez ever. Yeah, I think he gets work, but I think that he ends up getting looked at more as like a 
almost like a David Finch kind of kind of thing that rather than rather than um, like a more cartoony style or something like that, you'd get a certain kind of book with it. Well, I don't understand what that means at all. I don't know what that means either. I'm sorry. Uh, I think there's certain kind of fans who like certain kind of art, and I think that he would end up being. Uh, he would. He would probably. He. I. I think that if he came on now to do a book, I probably wouldn't like it. But yes, I would the see context that. of like when of like looking looking at what he did when he did it, that context means I do like it, and I I know that that doesn't make any sense. Um, but I could see I, George Perez definitely on a DC book. I think his absolutely, style, especially right now, his style would definitely fit in what they're doing. Yeah, but uh, that's not a good thing. Is what I guess I'm getting at. I, I think for me it is. I think it's great. I think Jack Kirby going to to DC today, the DU is going to have trouble with the style. But Kirby, he's going to love that he can get a guy who can do a daily comic. No, Jack, <laughs> Jack Kirby would be Jack Kirby. This Jack Kirby would come back and he would learn from his own mistakes. and He would only be doing creator own work. Yeah, there's no way that that guy is going to go work for the. But DC he can't learn from his past mistakes because no, he wasn't there. Just, he wouldn't. He wouldn't get hired in the first place. His only outlet would be creator own comics. Yep. There's no way. There's no Avatar way. Books. There's no way Jack Kirby gets hired at Marvel DC now, and that's nothing. Not a knock against Jack Kirby at all. Um, it's impossible to knock Jack Kirby yeah. artistically. <laughs> I think, yeah, it's just, it's weird. It's a, it's a hard question. I like the bet. Like I like the PS really. Let's for the sake of argument. Let's say we didn't. God, I wish we could. <laughs> I, I wish we could just say that they didn't die. Right, let's answer a second question. Let's just pretend that they are alive and in their prime. Uh, what book would you like to see Jack Kirby drawing now from, from any book that's out right now? So an existing book right now, he yeah, jumps on and does a run. Existing title, he's the new, he's the new artist in his prime. I, it's gonna be hard not to just pick their their books. Their fingers. yeah, I, just, I know. Like it's it, and like I'm like Captain America. I mean, but like it's difficult. Like in my in my heart of hearts, what would I want him to do? I want him to do. I want him to do some series. That's what I would. I know. Want. But that's not the game. The game is what I know. Book would you stick him on if you had to, if you were in charge of the if you were in charge of the company if you were in charge of DC? What book would you stick him on? Are we saying DC? No, but I'm just saying as an example, if you were either one of those company editors, I'd let him do Superman without putting Kurt Swan's stupid face on it. No, it's not not Kurt Swan. uh, I'm not. I'm just saying they put Kurt Swan's stupid face over Jack Jack Kirby's work because they thought it looked bad, and I I want to see that. I want to see Jack Kirby do big Superman. That's what I want to see. Perfect. All right, little depressed boy. Jack Kirby doing romance comics. Okay. I was going to call bullshit, but you got it right at the end there, and I can't go after you. I would see John. I mean, it's hard to say not John Buscema on Avengers because that's what I, you know. But I would like to. See, I'd like to see him on Fantastic Four. I could see. You know, it'd be cool. John Buscema doing Batman. Interesting. Like a like a cool like a like a um like a Neil Adams or Jim Aparo kind of. That, well, let's tweak know. the question to be. A book, it can't be a book they they're, they're, they've done before, or okay. the, or at least known to be done before. Like, <clears> so, Jack Kirby didn't do Superman. He did Lois Lane's or Jimmy Olsen, so it doesn't count. That's fine. Plus, they, they changed his art, so that's enough. He can, he can do it. Uh, John Byrne did almost every book out there, so... <laughs> He's um, not dead. Angel. Who said he was dead? You, the thing was, if they're not dead. So that was only the no, artist... No, no, that, that was just his caveat for those two who oh. are dead. Okay. Yeah, also that they're in their prime. They're not now. They're oh, the oh, okay. All right. Uh, so this is like 80, 1986 John Byrne. Um, you know, Superman John I, Byrne. Everything I want to say is Avengers because I just want that again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, just put him on the Avengers. I don't see why he wouldn't do that. 
Um, well, he's done all the books. I was like, X-Men. Problem. He's done all the books. He doesn't count. It's hard to do. I mean, all right, so you, you can pick any book. You pick Avengers? Yeah, I mean, my favorite things he ever did was was, was, was West Coast Avengers. So, uh, you know, Flip and Clint. Uh, I don't I don't necessarily want to go back to that. I, I'd maybe pick a DC thing that he, he hadn't done. Uh, well, he's done. He did uh, Superman. He did. JLA? He did Wonder Woman. Uh, sure. 86, 86 John Byrne would be good at JLA. Yeah. Paul? Aquaman. Oh, good. It's a good one. That is good. Can I have his? I, I like his. <laughs> George Perez. So we're talking. Okay, now like, that one's. Uh, this is the hardest one, because he really did everything. <laughs> I mean, really everything. Um. What is uh, Guardians of the Galaxy? Maybe. I always liked his Thanos a lot. Thundercats. <laughs> I don't. George Perez is Thundercats. George Perez is the um, he's he's the missing link. He's he's done it all. Um, Avengers Aquaman. Arena. I want him to. I want him drawing all the teen heroes. Oh, so there you go. And then it'll have like a sort of retro, cool, flashbacky kind of thing. All right. I'll say Aquaman. It's the answer for all of them. There we go. I'm going to go with Aquaman again. You can't keep... I'm going with it. <laughs> James from Delaware, thank you for sending your question in. If you want to be like James, you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com or call our voicemail line at 888-FANBOYS, which is 326-2697, and tell us who you are and where you're from, and keep your voicemail around 30 seconds. I like James. Be like James. Be like question. James. It was a good question. It was. I mean, we, we, I mean, like, we were floundering around like morons. So <laughs> that... That, that either means it's a bad question or a good question, but it was a good question in this case. Uh, thank you. And, you know, 431 episodes coming up with good questions we haven't really gone over before, or at least in a while. Good point. Pretty good. Captain America the Winter Soldier came out last weekend, and Paul and I and Jeff Kanata from the many shows on the internet all talked about it for about almost an hour. It ended up being a long conversation. There's a lot to talk about. Uh, so if you want to hear that, if you, if you haven't seen the movie yet and you're like Josh, or you saw the movie after the show came out and haven't heard the show yet, Check it out. It's a good show. I thought uh, great you take, movie. You can take part in the memes. Take part in those memes that Josh is confounded by having not seen the movie. Spoilers. So Spoilers! check that out on your <laughs> podcasting feed behind this show, or find it streaming on ifanboy.com. And uh, that's all we got for plugs right now. So in the meantime, head over to ifanboy.com to comment on this show, talk about this week's books, find all of our other podcasts. Everything's at ifanboy.com, except for your writing jobs. Yeah. We are not currently accepting applications for new writers on ifanboy.com, just in case. I just want to be clear about that. We're also not right. looking for anything to write about. <laughs> yeah. We're not even accepting them for ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's hot in here, man. Josh, you're up. All right. Go to uh, twitter.com slash ifanboy or facebook.com slash ifanboy to find out what the Pick of the week. I could decide if I want to say power pick of the week uh, before the show. And then you can follow us individually on the Twitter at Jim Viscardi. Uh, whoops. I feel like I just found like some panties. What are these? C.S. Kilpatrick. If you didn't make it back, he'd be the new I, oh, I, oh, I listened. <laughs> I, I got to say, he didn't seem too unhappy about it. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, or I'm at J.A. Flanagan. 
Also, we have to punish you for saying the Twitter. Did I say that? that was, yeah, you did. We'll find. I think that's punishment time. enough in itself. You know what happened with that? I'll explain what's going on with that. A long time ago, Netflix had my favorite commercial ever with Polly Walnuts, and he said the Netflix, and I add it to all of the things because of that. And I understand it's become a meme, but that's where it comes from for me, and, I, and I'll try to stop. Right. You sound like those people making old man jokes. If yeah, this, like sports ball kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. All right. Fair I enough. Like, I, like, I accept that. I like sports ball. I don't like sports ball itself. I like using the term sports ball. I don't. It's a cliche. Yeah, I know. Cliches are cliche for a reason. If you enjoy and cherish this sort of thing, um, <laughs> you should go to iTunes <laughs> and you should write a review uh, for this. Um, I like that. Our review of our own show is like, it's good if you like that kind of thing. <laughs> if uh, if this is, I don't know. Uh, better yet, tell people about it. You got some block parties coming up. Tell people about the iFanboy. See, I did it. Oh. Tell people about iFanboy. Spread that all around. The problem is that every once in a while you're going to get a bad show. And... You know, none of us are robots. It's We're not, not a bad, not, not a bad show. Robot. I think this yeah. was a, this is a good show about bad books. Some bad books. That sometimes. makes it more challenging. But you know what? We're professionals. We were previously professionals. Not even bad. Now just... obvious again. But still. <laughs> we have been professional. <laughs> At one point in our lives, we were professional podcasters. And now we're back to being uh, these Mama Lukes. Who are, who are these yahoos? We just we huh. found the ham radio and we're in the garage and we're just having some fun. I can tell you right now, if we keep going, it will be a bad show. I'm Connor. I'm Paul. I'm Josh. Bye. You are. Yeah. I'm Josh. Hey.